turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15. As you're turning, let me offer an apology to you for a big lie that I told you last week. When I stood at this pulpit and had four pages of notes and said the sermon would be short, <laughs> sermon wasn't short. When I looked at the podcast after they had uploaded, I'm not going to say how many minutes it was because maybe you didn't notice it, but I won't say it. But uh, my apologies for telling a big whopper yesterday, uh, last week. <laughs> so I'll just refrain from it saying how long this one might or might not be. How about that? I'll keep, my, I'll keep myself clear this morning and conscience free. So um, if you go John chapter 15, John chapter 15. We're going to have a series this month of September on connect, connect, connecting with God, connecting with Christ, connecting with others. What does it mean to connect? And, and I wanted to start this series with a sermon, Connect to Christ, Connect to Christ, and talk about the importance of connecting um, to Christ. Uh, I thought of something kind of humorous. We have some guests with us today, uh, Mitch and Trista Looney and their family. We're glad to have them. They're uh, friends of ours from Baston Church of God, where we served for uh, three and a half years. We went to Baston Church of God to, uh, to fill out a three-month assignment as uh, children's pastors, and then three and a half years later, they were finally able to get us out of there and get us gone. But when we left uh, from being children's and youth pastors, uh, Mitch and Trista, they were, were there already, and they took our spots. And so we're good friends of ours. Um, we're especially glad that Mitch and the children are here, and Trista came along. So, um, <laughs> But we're glad they're here. Last uh, evening, as they were there, uh, we were in the main level of the house, and uh, the heat pump has not been working correctly on that main level, and, and I was a little embarrassed because of the, the heat, and I guess there was a disconnection somewhere or another, and I went to put a fan in the window, turned the, the knob, turned the knob, put my hand in front to see will it be blowing towards me or blowing out, turned the knob, only to get nothing. Unfortunately, my good friend Mitch there was uh, sitting on the couch, and he happened to not be looking at the football game at that time, and he was looking at me, and he made the comment, you need to plug it up. <laughs> I thought, that's a good time for him to be looking. I, I, about the time he said it, I saw the cord, I saw the wire dangling down towards the ground, but I was not connected. And in many cases, it's very important that we be connected, but especially important as, as people, as individuals for our eternal souls, we must be connected to God through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen this morning? So I just want to give you this morning two parables, two parables. Jesus preached and taught extensively using parables. He would take something that was familiar to the people and familiar to the crowds, and then he would just brilliantly take and, and use those examples and show spiritual concepts and, and Christian principles and ways of living. And so this morning, I, I just want to share two parables with you. One parable is here in, in John chapter 15 about the true vine and the branches and then the other is a parable, I guess, that I just came up with myself that deals with the tree that is out behind the church here. And some of you have heard and some of you have not heard that, that we may have to lose that tree. And so we'll talk a little more about that tree towards the end of the, the sermon today. But look with me, please, and let's just walk through together. Can you just turn with me 
John 15, let's start at verse 1. And I just want to want to preach through these eight verses of Scripture here for a few moments about the true vine and about being connected. Jesus was, was teaching here. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now, I want to tell you what I saw right there in that verse. I, I see confidence in that verse. I want to tell us this morning, I want to remind us this morning that we can be confident in the true vine. We can be confident in Jesus Christ that he truly is who he says he is. He is the son of God. He is the way to heaven. He is the mediator between God and man. And we can be confident in our connection with him this morning. Everything that Jesus promised, he fulfilled. Every prophecy in the Old Testament that pointed to Messiah, Jesus fulfilled. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life, fulfilling everything that you and I could never have done. And then he died upon the cross and paid for the atonement for our sins and the sins of the entire world. Will that ever stop? Will that ever run out? Will the price that he paid ever expire? I can tell you that it will not. So we have a confidence this morning. We can have a confidence when we approach God. No wonder the writer in, in Hebrews said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of, of mercy so that we can, our grace so that we can obtain mercy and help in the time of need. Confidence this morning in the true Vine. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, I want to stop here this morning, and I want to, I want to give you a quote that I, that I heard this week as I was listening to a podcast about this same subject, as I was trying to study and prepare. And, and the gentleman said in the podcast, he said, I am a Bible teacher, not a Bible editor. Now let that sink in with us this morning. As Christians, as we read this word, we are not to be editors of this word, meaning trying to change this word or modify this word. Now is that all right this morning? But as it has been written, God has inspired it. And if, you know, if we aren't careful, we might would want to look at this and say, now, wait a minute. He's saying every branch that does not bear fruit, he's going to take it away. And then if you go down further in the passage, he's talking about those branches being burned. And what is he talking about? He is talking about a place that is called hell. No one wants to preach about hell, do they? I don't want to preach about hell, but I can't edit that out. And when I read scripture, and, and, and you know who spoke the most probably about hell as anyone is Jesus Christ. There is unfortunately a place called hell that has been prepared originally for the devil and his angels. But now for those who reject the, the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, they'll go to that place. But if you and I were to go to that place, we go as an intruder. They, they don't really want us there. And the Bible said that there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and there's outer darkness. I don't want to go to, to hell. I don't want you to go to hell. I don't want anyone in this world to go to hell. If I were to have a worst enemy, which I don't think I do, but if I were to have a worst enemy, I would not want that person to go to hell. 
But can I tell you this morning, we can't edit that out of the Scriptures. We must teach and preach that just as much as we teach and preach this wonderful place called heaven. And I'm glad there is a wonderful place called heaven. I'm glad there are streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl. I'm glad that there are mansions. I'm glad that Jesus said, I'll go prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again. But greater than all of that, I am glad that heaven is a place where we will be in the very presence of God, experiencing him in a glorified body that we cannot even imagine. What can we do this morning? We can have a confident connection with Jesus Christ and know that our sins have been paid for and they're under the blood and we can be ready to go to a place called heaven. And we don't have to go to this place called hell. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Then he's speaking to the disciples here and he's speaking to any of us who have, who have already found him as our personal savior. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The very moment that I came to Jesus Christ, confessed my sins, asked him to come into my heart and change my life, I can have a confidence in that connection. I can have a confidence knowing that he is faithful, the Bible says, and he is just to forgive my sins. Isn't that wonderful this morning? So a confident connection. But I want to talk a little bit about a continuing connection. Look at verse four. He starts by saying abide. Everybody say that word, abide. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. My efforts are, are futile at best when I'm trying to do things myself, but in Christ, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Abide in me. Remain in me. Hold tight in me. Hold fast in me. I want to tell you, children of God, this morning, we must abide, continue on. Now is not a time to quit. Now is not a time to give up. Now is not a time to get lackadaisical or, or, or lazy. Should have stuck with lazy right there. <laughs> it sounded good in my head. I couldn't get it out. Now's not a time to get lazy. Now's not a time to get apathetic. <laughs> but we need to abide in him. And when we abide in him, he begins to do something. And I'm, and I'm really using a lot of our motto this morning when we, we're talking about a confident connection. But, but also that second word in our, in our new motto talks about create. And the, and the essence of that is that as we move forward together, may God create us to be more and more like him and, and to become greater disciples and followers of him. Isn't that wonderful? And so when I abide in him, he begins a process in me of creating me to be more like him and creating me to be a disciple. And look, look then at verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and, and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. But when I look back to the first part of that first verse of, of 15, 
throughout this process of creation and creating me as a disciple, there's this thing that's called pruning. Have you ever pruned anything? Like we looked out outside of our dining room window last year and, and the, the bush, bushes that I thought were they this high were like peeking up over the window. They needed to be what? Pruned. And, and you've done pruning. And, and what happens when you prune something, you don't kill it, do you? You don't destroy it, do you? Well, you shouldn't. I mean, if I were, I probably would. But you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. But when I prune something, the purpose of that is so there'll be new growth. And the purpose of that, so there'll be new health. And I can imagine when you're pruning that shrub or you're pruning that plant or whatever is being pruned, there's some pain involved. But it's not enough pain that's going to cause long-term harm. But ultimately, it's going to bring about health. And I believe Jesus was saying to every one of us that, that there's going to be times when you're going to look around and you're going to say, I have been serving God faithfully. I've been standing on his promises. I've been living out his word and I've been praying and I've been doing all the things I know to do for God. But, but I'm having troubles. I'm having uh, uh, obstacles. Things are coming my way and I just don't understand it. And it could be, friend, that God is pruning you for greater things. So pruning is not a bad thing, but, but sometimes as a child of God, there's some, there's some pain, there's some pruning, and God is molding us and making us to be more like him. It's creating us. So we must continue. Look at verse five. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. And that's what we've talked about when he's talking symbolically. Those that have never plugged into the connection with God through Jesus Christ, those branches are thrown out into an eternal hell. But verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's a beautiful scripture, isn't it? But I want to do a little teaching right there. That does not mean a genie in a bottle. That doesn't mean that I come to Christ and then I just say, well, God, please do this and God give me that and God bless me with that and I want this. If you study that out and if you think about what Jesus is saying, if I'm abiding in him and he's abiding in me and our fellowship is tight and my mind is on him, I want to tell you I'm going to be asking for the right things. I'm going to be praying about the right things. I'm going to be seeking things that are above. And so then I can have that confidence knowing that he's going to reward me and he's going to be a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that change that comes in our lives. Verse 8, by this my father is glorified. We have talked about those terms connect and create and I'm getting ready to hit care out of our motto. But why do we do these things? Here it is, so that we can glorify God. I want to ask us this morning is, are our actions glorifying God? Are our reactions glorifying God? Is our lifestyle glorifying God? 
Is our ambition, the things that we are after and and that we want, is that glorifying God? And if not, I encourage us to allow him to prune us a little bit this morning so that they will be. It says, by this my father is glorified, verse eight, that you may bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. When I'm bearing fruit, it ties into that concept of caring. It ties into that concept of other people. The fruit that I should be bearing in my life should be things that I am doing that are blessing others and helping others. It's that fruit that comes from being obedient to the calling that is upon our lives. And every one of us in this room have a calling. It's that fruit that comes from being faithful to that assignment that is on our lives. And everyone in this room has an assignment. And I wanna tell you, your assignment is just as important as anyone else's assignment. And vice versa, there are no big I's and little P's or little P's and big I's or whatever that saying is in God's kingdom. But whatever our calling is, whatever our assignment is, and bear much fruit that God might be glorified, that we might care for other people. And that's what Jesus was saying in this parable in John chapter 15. And so now I want to show you a few things about the tree here in the, in the back. And I guess this would be my parable this morning to try to hit the same concepts that, that we've talked about. I hope you can see that very well. That's that beautiful tree that sits right over there, just past that light outside. And you may know that, that, that last Sunday as we were celebrating and throwing cornhole bags and eating 15 hot dogs and and all this fun that we had, water started backing up in a couple places in the downstairs. And so there was a process that went into place to try to determine what was the culprit. Why is there water backing up in both the bathrooms, which are on that side of the building, and in the kitchen, which is on this side of the building? And so through some searching around and several of the men of the church and, and, and Pastor Daryl came up and found a drawing of the, of the sewer lines and things that, that had been made and it was determined that there must be a backup either in the sewer or in one of the lines or, or something was going on. And so, so they dug down and... and, and uh, Kenny Bogger brought his machine and they started digging down in and they, they got to the, to the sewer. And as they were digging in to get to that sewer, there were roots that were being pulled apart as they were going down. And I, I could hear them snap. And they were going down into there. There was a problem. There was a problem. And the tree was causing the problem. And if you've ever been there, I've been there and done that. We've had trees that grew into water lines when we lived in Floyd and, and about $1,000 later, we fixed that problem. But if I were to look at that tree this morning and if you were to look at that beautiful tree this morning, you would not see, I would not see a problem. And I wanna tell us this morning that many times from the outside, we don't see problems. Many times appearances can be deceptive. And if we aren't careful, we can come to church and we know the right words to say, how are you? Oh, I art fine, thouest brother. You know, we know how to, how to talk. We know how to act. And we can look like any other tree. Appearances can be deceptive. 
But there can be subtle signs that we can pick up on and uh, a bad attitude that might peek its head here or an idle word that might come out there or a, or a glare that might be directed this way. Just these little subtle signs that, that could be an indication of something that's a problem down on the inside or in our root system this morning. I want to tell us this morning that it, it, that it is so important that in the inside our heart must be connected to God. It doesn't do me any good to come here on Sunday mornings and, and let my wife lay out my suit and, and come in here and try to look good and act good. But if there's a heart problem, I'm missing it. And God help us that it's wonderful to get in the routine. Now remember, I'm preaching to us this morning and, and I can't preach to the world out there because they're not here, so I'll just preach to us and I can say, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithful giving and attendance and, and participation. Thank God for that and I commend that. As we do those things, let me remind all of us with love and myself included, it must come from a heart of love and obedience and servanthood and consecration to God. Is that all right this morning? We gotta go beyond just a tradition. We gotta go beyond just a routine. And it's gotta be a heart thing. It's gotta be an internal thing. And so roots, if I can use some roots as a connection point this morning, are important. There are several connection points in our lives. Here are some of those roots. Here are two of those roots they're real dirty. Anybody want to hold them? No, I'm just kidding. Here's some of those roots that were dug up, and I want to show you something here in just a moment with these roots. But if I'm thinking about roots and, and roots in my life that are connecting to things in my life, that it, it could be a connection point that my root is connecting in with a, another person. Can I tell you, we need to be very careful who we go into relationship with. And if you aren't, if you're unmarried in this house this morning, now that's not in my notes and it won't cost you anything extra. But you need to be very careful who you decide to have relation with and who you decide to marry. Very important life decision. Must be done with prayer. Can get an amen this morning. And, and, and that's a big one, but there's lots and lots of relationships. And, and if that relationship and that connection point is pulling us away from God, away from our family, away from things of God, we need to cut the root out in any relationship. It might be somebody on the job that just wants to complain and gossip all the time. You may need to change to where you have lunch and who we have lunch with. Roots, connections are important. Those connections could be places. Those connections could be things. We must be very careful not to become materialistically minded. I want to tell you, it's not a sin to have money. It's a sin if money has you. It's not a sin to have nice things, but it's a sin if those things are what I'm worshiping and I'm putting those before God and I've made them idols. Jesus even went so far as to say you can't serve God and mammon, meaning you can't serve God and money. Money matters. Money is important. We, we live because of, uh, we exchange for our livelihood with money, but we need to put money in its rightful place in our hearts and our lives. 
Is that all right? And if my roots are just constantly going towards getting more, getting more, getting more, and that's my heart and that's my passion, I need to cut that root out. God must be first. And so I ask us where our roots are this morning. Here's one of the roots, just a normal looking root. Isn't that pretty? I don't know why it's so dirty. I guess because it's out of the ground. Sorry, Christy. I just uh, got a little dirt on the thing. But I want you to look at this one. They started, they started showing this down there um, the other day, and I, I started to grab it up, and I didn't. And I think Nelson may have made the comment. He said, that would probably be good for a sermon sometime or another. And I thought, yeah, it probably would. And then I never grabbed it up. And I came over here yesterday and I went to throw something in the dumpster, and uh, there it was, down in the dumpster. So I dumpster dived. <laughs> Not really, I just stood on a chair and pulled it out. But it sounds better that way. So do you see how flat that is? Do you see how thin? I mean, that's like a, what, an eighth of an inch of a root. This root was growing literally between the crack of the top of the sewer. So that, that manhole, that slab of concrete that was there that you'd pull up to get down into the sewer. Nothing of a crack. No, I mean, no, you know, nothing. And this root was so determined to get into that sewer, it was growing down into there. Isn't that amazing? And it was stretching down into there. And I, and I thought about that, and I, I thought this morning... As Christians and as people here this morning, what are we so determined to have our roots tap into? I mean, are we so tenacious that we want our roots to grow into the living water of the Holy Spirit and the living water of God? Or do we want our roots, are we so determined to get into the sewer of this world? I mean, I'm afraid that there's a lot of people living their lives and their roots without them knowing it. We didn't know this was happening. We didn't see this happening. And I'm afraid that there are people living today and their roots are growing into a septic tank, if I can say it that way, spiritually speaking, and they don't even know it's happening. We need to cut those roots out. And we need to let our roots, we need to become rooted, as the Bible said, rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I ask us this morning, where are our roots growing. You say, Pastor, I, I, I don't know where my roots are at, or I know my roots are in, in a place that they, they shouldn't be. Well, I want to tell you, there's a way to get that mess out of your life. We had to dig it. Well, I didn't dig. They had to dig and dig <laughs> and dig to get down to that. And so what, what they did was Mr. Ford brought I'm going to call it a manhole, but there's a, there's a term for it. Pastor Daryl can tell you what, it, what it's called, or, or Brother Nelson probably could tell you. So they put that in, and now if we ever have another problem and we need to pump that septic tank again, it's accessible from the ground level. Now, I don't know about you, but that just kind of preached to me. You say, Pastor, you have lost your marbles. 
But it really did. I started looking at that and I started to think, you know what? All that mess that has been in my life, all that mess that might be in somebody else's life, and they say, I cannot get it out myself. And no, we can't. And I can't get to Christ. But I want to tell you, Christ has created, that's just the weirdest thing you might hear heard said today. He's created a manhole. He has made a way, a co-between from God to man. Jesus Christ, our great high priest. And if you've got a bunch of junk stuck up in you that needs to come out, you can reach up to him. He has made a way this morning where we become children of God. Let me show you the next slide. Can you see what that is? This is the same tree. The bottom was bringing forth death, but up here, look, that same tree... It's a bird's nest. It's a bird's nest. And I think there were actually two bird's nests. And here's what I want to tell us this morning, that after we get our roots right, and after we start to grow in Christ, he wants us to bear more fruit. Now, that doesn't mean he wants us to get a case of tangerines and a case of mangoes and a, and a case of oranges and, and, and just have fruit stacked up all in our house because we're bearing fruit. No, he's speaking symbolically. And when he's talking about bearing fruit, he's talking about touching lives. And I believe within our branches, so to speak, we need to have a lot of bird's nests. We need to have a lot of people that we're speaking life into. We need to have a lot of people that we're helping their Christian life come along. And in that tree, there was that bird's nest. Life. Life. That's what he's saying here in this parable, that you may bear much fruit. That speaks to that concept in our motto that we talked about last week of caring, serving, giving, impacting others. What's in your branches this morning? What, what's in my branches this morning? And then finally, I want to tell you, if you hit that last slide, the fate of the tree. We thought the tree was a goner. We thought, well, can we move the tree? That cost a couple thousand dollars probably. No, I'm not going to move the tree. <laughs> not for that. Will the, will the tree last? And I, I remember telling somebody the other day, I've seen several of you on our paths this week as we've been visiting different places and whatever, and I don't remember who I was talking to, but I said earlier, nope, tree's gone. I'm going to miss it. It's a beautiful tree, but it's going to have to go. But grace prevailed. <laughs> grace in the form of Kenny Bogger and Daryl Collier and Mr. Ford, they got in there the other day and they figured out that, you know what? We can probably keep the tree, at least for now. Now you say, Pastor, why are you making such a big deal about keep, keeping a tree? Well, one, I pull my car under it during the week and it keeps shade over it. <laughs> but spiritually speaking, I want to tell you something this morning. If you are sitting here under the sound of my voice and you say, I just feel like my root system is all to pieces and it's in the sewer, my life is in shambles, my branches are, are broken off, and I just don't see any way that I can find God. I don't see any way that I can move forward. I want to tell you that grace will prevail for you too if you want it. There is grace that we can live again. There is grace that we can grow again. And God can take something ugly and turn it into something beautiful. 
And he did that something yesterday. Pastor Darrell was down there. You see all that beautiful mulch spread around that tree. The whole area looks better than it looked before all of this. Why? Grace prevailed. You say, can he do that for me? Yes, he can do that for me. He can do that for you. Grace can prevail. Flip with me to Jeremiah 17 and 7. I want to give us a closing scripture this morning. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. While you're turning there, I want to tell you something about grace. Grace is a gift from our heavenly Father given through his Son, Jesus Christ. The word grace, as used in the scriptures, refers primarily to enabling power and spiritual healing offered through the mercy and the love of Jesus Christ. No one can return to the presence of God without divine grace. But I thank God that his grace is still extended to every one of us that need it this morning. Why don't you just stand with me and we'll read this scripture before we close this morning. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. If the musicians would come, uh, whoever is playing and singing would come this morning. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Where is your hope this morning? It can be in the Lord. Verse 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. I'm not spreading out my roots by a sewer anymore. I'm spreading out my roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. What is that heat that comes? It's that pressure of life that come. But I'm not going to fear when they come. My leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought. There's a lot of anxiety in the world today, isn't it? A lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, panic. But I want to tell you that we can have an anchor that holds, a root system that holds, that is connected to Christ Jesus. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear what tomorrow may hold. We can hold on to Jesus Christ. I'm not promising you that tomorrow will always be sunshine and roses because I can't promise you that. But I can promise you that because Jesus Christ lives, we can face tomorrow. And because he lives, all fear is gone. Are you connected this morning? And then that last line says, nor will cease from yielding fruit. I'm not going to stop bearing fruit. How about you? I'm not going to stop trying to help other lives. I'm not going to stop trying to spread love. I'm not going to stop trying to use whatever God has given me to glorify God and to help others. I'm not going to stop doing that. How about you this morning? Because my roots run deep. In Christ. Connected to Christ. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I ask the simple question, are you connected to Christ? As they begin to play and sing whatever they've chosen, I say, are you connected to Christ? If you need to come and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and your life, I invite you to come to this altar. And somebody will pray with you, pray for you. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and, and you know that, that you're not rooted in Him, you're not connected to Him, 
I invite you to come, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The altar is open and you're welcome. I say it every week. If you want to accept Christ where you're standing and the Holy Spirit is drawing you, then by all means, stand right there and ask Christ to come into your heart and change your life. And purpose from this day forward, I'm going to be connected to Him, rooted and grounded in Christ. Let's pray together.